0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to the Fly With Us podcast. This podcast is bringing the art of conversation, self-love, self-care, mental health care and protection, life lessons, love lessons, and everything in between. Today, we're going to talk about what if. Big question, big word, big thoughts. Pick your fence. What you got first?
1: Uh, the mindfulness minute today. I am an expression of the divine. Just like a peach, just like a fish is. I have the right to be this way. We will never have to be other than who we are. We are to be successful. We realize that we are, as ourselves, unlimited and experienced and valid. Second part to that is, a man can be great as he wants to be. If you believe in yourself and you have courage and determination and dedication and competitive drive, and if you are willing to sacrifice a little things in your life and pay the price for the things that you are think are worthwhile, it can be done. Wow. So
0: that,
1: was,
0: that was pretty powerful. So Sir Picky, would you like to introduce our guest this week?
1: So our special guest today is a brilliant author. Her name is different from Houston, Texas, who has a great book. That we're going to talk about today and afterwards i hope you put it in your cart and get it fired up
0: well i already added it to my cart and i'm gonna get it when i get paid but you know you know how that is my checking <laughs> account my savings account you know they oh, got to yeah. talk to each other and stuff yeah yeah <laughs>
2: understandable all right so miss different tell us who you are yes thank you queen lady bounce hey picket fence thank you guys for having me on your show yes my name is different spelled d-i-f-e-r-n-t Um, Like they said, I'm from Houston. I'm 30 years old. I'm so happy and excited to be on you guys' show and uh, sharing my story with y'all, along with my new book, What If? Controversial Paradigm Shift, as well as just talking with you guys about, you know, self-care and self-love, which is what we're all about here at Third Eye Entertainment, LLC. So um, yeah, let's get this party started, (laughs) definitely. Okay, so so you survived the pandemic like the rest of us. Tell us how you survived Mm it. Um, God, food, <laughs> journaling, um, finding something to do, <laughs> staying busy, um, uh, yeah, a myriad of things, just trying not to go crazy because me, I'm, a, I, I'm although I'm considered an introvert, I love to be out and about within myself. I like to travel by myself, if you will, but I love to be out and about. So being, um, stuck in a house, uh, for me, uh, added on to my depression. I was already depressed before, but it added on to it. And um, being in therapy beforehand, talking with my therapist and just uh, working through some things, he encouraged me to uh, get back into one of my hobbies, which is writing and journaling and doing a lot of meditating and and writing affirmations. And so uh, that's how it came about. So what's your favorite affirmation? I got so many. (laughs) Um, Let's see. You can't put me on a spotlight, them. okay <laughs> the thing. Uh, let me let me get back to you um if I try to look for a quote I think what I just want to tell when I wake up and tell myself I, I'm thank you God that I woke up I'm blessed mm. you know and then thank you for allowing me to see another day and keeping me covered Um, with this this year um but previous with the pandemic um because of it I've lost four people this year alone. And so this year has been so humbling for me in, in, in the sense of just holding on to people that I love and cherish and just open my eyes, you know, to that, that saying, it's really true here one day gone the next. And four people, for me, just this year alone, I had to say goodbye to, and it's still not registering. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's pertinent for me to constantly monitor my self-care and myself, my, my, mental health awareness if you will and keep it in check because if i don't i'll go back down the road self-destruction which i was before and and i'm so grateful for that I like getting my mental health in check because it allows my self-care to you know blossom and take over but um Start
1: up. so let's yeah. let's talk about um you were talking about depression before let's talk about your background um we were reading your bio and it's a very interesting story so um, let's dive into that. Tell us about you pre-pandemic.
2: Okay. Well, taking it back to, I guess, my my childhood coming up, um, like I said, I grew up in Houston, but I, I moved all over due to the fact that um, around the age of 11, I ended up homeless and on the streets with my family. And we literally moved around everywhere from pillow to post, um, sleeping in cars, parks, shelters, bus stops. You know, at one point we even slept at a crack house. And um, it wasn't until the time I turned 14, I was secretly placed in foster care by a relative. And for the first six months of being in, in foster care, I tried my hardest to come home. However, I found out that if you stayed in foster care and you aged out, the state of Texas would pay for those who aged out their tuition fee waiver to college. And so right then and there, I decided to use my street smarts to elevate my book smarts and just stay and do got those four years in CPS And by the time I finished that, um, I had ended up going to Sam Houston State University. So shout out to all the bad guys, eat them up out there in Huntsville. Uh, And within that opportunity, I was was blessed. I ended up starting my own student organization titled Pay It Forward, uh, to where we dedicated, you know, volunteering, educating, and mentoring kids that were in foster care, as well as the youth in general. Uh, a part of our education team is where we went to different high schools speaking with the youth about the importance of education. And that is where, you know, the seed on the book was planted for me to start doing motivational speaking, if you will, when I would share my testimony with the other kids. Um, a lot of them would come and tell me towards the end that they were inspired by what they heard. Um, also, I joined a business fraternity. I'm a member of Phi Chi Theta a Business Fraternity. Also, I got the chance, I was blessed with the opportunity to study abroad in South Korea, Kim Young University. And within that opportunity, uh, I traveled to eight other different countries. And so that's where my travel bug was born. And um, by the time I finished college, I ended up with uh, my master's degree in international business. I also have two, uh, excuse me, minors in economics and business communication, as well as I have my master's degree in entrepreneurship. I'm also a Texas real estate agent. Um, now I'm a newfound author and a CEO of my own business, Third Eye Entertainment. So although my story started in tra- tragedy, it's going to end in triumph. That's the way God planned it. That's the way he, he made it every step. You know, for me, being secretly placed in foster care, it, it was his plan it was to get what happened. And now thus far, fast forwarding, you know, I've got an opportunity to travel uh, to just about 50 different countries, you know, seeing the world, experiencing different cultures and meeting new people. You know, that's only by God's grace. But as, as many of you i sure as you listening, you're thinking like, wow, that's all great and fine and dandy. But the truth is with all those accomplishments and, and notches under my belt picket fence. I was still dying on the inside. I was dead. You know, I looked good on the outside, but I was dying on the inside. I was, I was, uh, if you know, you heard of Robert Williams and Anthony Bourdain. Um, Mm -hmm. If I didn't get my mental health in check, I would have been, I would have been just like them. You know, Mm -hmm. one of those people you think that has it all. They're so happy. They have everything. But in the end, they take it all away. You know, they're not happy. And that's very what it's a very true statement when they say money and materialistic things does not buy happiness that's very true I've been on you know beautiful islands and you know I'm, I'm laying in my bed you know crying because you know, I'm all by myself and have nobody to share with so that's a very true fact and statement that you know money does not buy happiness and so you can't base your happiness off of that those type of things um now what what forced me to face the ugly truth about you know myself that I needed to go and get my my mental health in check was you know when I squandered an opportunity that I had in my adulthood and it allowed me to see that um, my issues from my childhood trampled over into my adulthood and was messing me up um, like I said coming from that environment where I was you know being on the streets with the years to me you know it may sound you know funny to you or somebody can relate out there but for me Chaos was considered normal, if you will. And so when I got taken out of that situation, placed into CPS, I was actually placed into good foster homes and good school districts. However, for me, I just felt it was too good to be true. I didn't deserve it. Eventually, you know, all good things come to an end. So I just got that mindset that, you know, I'm the captain of the ship. I decide when it's time to go down. And so I gained that sabotaging type of reputation where so I would push people away. You know, get that that reputation that was hard to deal with, and that those traits stemmed over into my adulthood. And like I said, it was a situation to where I had a meeting with you know a person who could have opened up many doors for me. However, dealing with you know those demons in the back of my head telling me you know I'm not good enough for this, I'm too ghetto, I'm too country, they're not gonna like me. Um, I purposely showed up late to a meeting that they had set up for me. And it left a sour taste in their mouth. And to this day, it's been about a good seven years now since that passed, but um, I, I regret that to this day. But it wasn't until that situation happened that it forced me to realize and face the ugly truth that I needed to go and fix my issues. What I went through in the past, it wasn't my fault. It was out of my control. But somehow, some way, it's my problem to deal with. It. It's on me as an adult to fix those issues, whatever issues that's plaguing me and holding me back. And so once I did, it was like the weight of the world was just lifted. I was free as a bird. You know, it didn't happen overnight. <laughs> you know, it, take, it took time, process. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm so glad I stuck with it because, you know, for two years now, I've been, you know, consistently in therapy. And I'm proud to say that I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to say that <laughs> anymore, if you will. A lot of the times, you know, us, you know, Black people in, in the culture, if you will, we, we have we're plagued with that that notion that black people don't do therapy or we don't go tell our business you know some mm-hmm. of us will, but what goes on in this house stays in this house so it comes up into your adulthood for me I wasn't ashamed or embarrassed it's just like I said coming up with that that mindset it's not nobody's business you know and so but keeping all that and bottled up inside you it eats away at you and eventually if you don't get help if you don't take care of it it's going to lead you down a path of self-destruction and so that's just what I did. I had to take control, you know, being the, the type of soldier that I was coming through, all that I had overcome, that was just the battle of my life right then and there. And I had to just say, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the captain of this ship. <laughs> I'm going to decide where to steer it not when it's going to go down. And so um, going to therapy and talking with my therapist and, and doing so for three years, this is what happened and I just want to take this time to say anybody out there listening who's going through you know any type of emotional distress any type of depression being bullied having suicidal thoughts understand that it is okay to not be okay but just don't sit there and not be okay go get help find out a plan of action you know to where to direct your life in a positive manner otherwise it's just going to self-destruct whatever you went through in life that's plaguing you understand that, you know, it may or may not be your, your fault, it may, it may not be out of your control, but somehow, some way, it's your problem to deal with, and as an adult, it's on you to fix that issue. Whoever hurt you in the past, don't expect them to come back and make amends, but now it's on you, and so, um, with that being said, <clears throat> talking with my therapist, and him encouraging me to get back into one of my hobbies, which is writing, um, and, and meditating, and praying, and learning about chakra, healing, and, and astral projection, um, being stuck in the house <laughs> during the pandemic. Um, May 25th, 2020 happens, the day George Floyd died. And so um, being him being from Houston, we're both from the same place. He's from third ward, I'm from ward, basically right down the street from one another. I wanted to get involved in the protests and, you know, have my voice being heard, even attend his funeral. However, when the point came down to it, I couldn't. 'Cause I wanted my voice to be heard and just in that moment in time. I wanted to wanted it to be heard long after I'm gone. You know, and so uh, going home later on that night just praying and talking with God and asking for the spirit of discernment in, him, in the him showing me the way this is what he revealed to me, you know, through dreams, through little messages and conversations with people and even, you know, watching movies such as The Help and uh sad and it was another movie, you know, that that helped, you know, conjure up these ideas. Um, this is what came and day by day i started writing in june 2020 uh what if this what if that happened what if this you know i would take little scenarios that actually happened in our culture in our past and just flip the reverse you know flipped it and ask, you know what would happen you know if this was happening to your people instead of ours and um so i started doing this in 2020 of june and finished in december 2020. And I take it to my lawyer-in-law to read the manuscript, and she gets back with me and says, I think it's going to do well, but quick question, what's the name of your business? And so this is where I have to hit the ground running and just realize that it's more than just a book now. You know, don't ask for something and and don't be prepared when you pray when it comes to you. Mm -hmm. So now um, I have to come up with an LLC to, to market my product to the public. And so that is where Third Eye Entertainment LLC was born in March 2020 first of this year. And um, what Third Eye ET is about is a business that strives to bring social awareness to society through our products and services in which educates, inspires, and entertains all at once. Uh, we offer motivational speaking services as well as um, travel blog as, involved in, as well as a YouTube channel. Uh, we talk on issues uh, in today's society, I consider taboo and often swept under the rug, uh, including injustice, systemic racism, uh, domestic abuse. Uh, we just uh, September just passed, so we just did a, a segment on suicide prevention awareness, as well as we talk about uh, financial literacy, mental health awareness, self care, if you will, um, and then things of that nature. Things that are considered taboo, LGBTQ issues, all of that. You know, we talk about all of it. Uh, here at Third Eye Entertainment. And we have a model that we, we often share with the public. It's called Manifest, Plan, Prepare. And it goes as the reason being is in order for those we believe, if you want to achieve guaranteed success in life, one, you must manifest what it is that you want and speak it into existence like no other. Remove all the fear, all the doubt in your mind and replace it with that fate. Start writing it down on paper. Make it till you make it, like someone would say. Act like you, like you got it, even though you don't. And let nobody or nothing stop you and tell you anything different. Once you've got it in your mind, what you want to manifest into existence, start planning it out. Plan for how you are going to achieve or attack that, that obstacle and overcome those obstacles that are going to come your way. Thirdly, you prepare for what it is that you are about to receive. And when we say prepare, that means to get your house in order. Go fix your financial house. Go get your credit fixed. Go fix your physical. If you you know unhealthy, go hit that gym. Go get your mental health in order. Go talk with a therapist. Go fix your issues. Everything that you need to get in order. Go go mend those broken bridges. Cut those people off who don't belong in your life. Go prepare for what it is that you are about to receive by by prepping yourself as far as getting yourself fixed from the inside out. And once you do that, then surely it will come to you. It won't happen overnight. But again, once you steadfast and stay focused, it will surely come to you. You know, with this pandemic and being stuck in the house, what it has taught me and what it has taught the world said, you know, or reminded us is that tomorrow's not promising. You know, you could be here one day and gone tomorrow. So for anybody out there that's feeling like it's their time to shine, to go after for whatever it is that they believe that they're meant to have, now is the time, you know you got to reprogram your mind mindset and get that mind mind frame that you're trying to get rich during the pandemic or die trying. Um, <laughs> uh, I like to tell people, for me, this is my favorite saying, you know, you're either trying to have that come up like Cardi B or they come back like Robert D. There is no more in between, you know. So for me, I'm on the come up. And so, um, and then and, and with the book, our first product that we have with Third Eye Entertainment is the book, What is a Controversial Paradigm Shift? And before I go any further, I definitely like to say that this book does include a disclaimer. It's intended for a mature audience. Um, The way that I have set this book up is intended, is written to inform and encourage thought-provoking conversations about systemic racism and injustice in America through graphic but provocative illustrations. Um, It's done through uh, details of controversial deaths and events that have occurred in America within the African-American community. The way that I have set it up is within four main uh, categorized paradigms. We have historical, political, precedent, and hypothetical. Um, and, and within those four main paradigms, there are sub-paradigms asking questions. You know, what if this happened? What if that happened? With this to paradigm. Um, although the, the pictures are gritty and grimy, and one of the main points is also to give to talk about have conversation about systemic racism, there's also a bigger picture to it. And if those who can muster to the end to hypothetical paradigm, you will see that the main gist of the book is talking about compassion, unity, and and, and kindness for mankind overall. Um, Because we're all going through some things personally, you know, whether it be, you know, our finances, personal issues, you know, sexual sexual orientations, we're all going through something, you know, personally. So why not be kind and loving to one another while walking past them instead of passing judgment towards them just because of the way that they look? And so that's my this is my contribution to society as far as, you know, having my voice being heard and, and giving my thoughts and opinion about it and as well as uh, hoping to push the envelope to have people talk about these conversations. Because um, for another reason why I chose to go this route and, and talk about this issue in a controversial matter is because I'm tired of, you know, hearing people say, Oh, racism does exist. Oh, I don't think this is a if it is alive, this is because you guys keep talking about it. Well okay, how about this? How about we, you know, flip the re- re- roles, and then we'll put the mirror into your face and see how do you like this? And if it makes you uncomfortable to see these type of images, then why is it okay or why is it justified when it happens to the African-American community? And so, I, again, it's my hope that this, this is just to strike the match, to start the conversation. But overall, it's also my hope and prayer that that this book will help, you know, be a part of, you know, the catalyst that that plants the seed. I'm well aware change doesn't come overnight, and it doesn't happen with just one person, you know. But what if, lady? What if this is the generation that plants the seed for the next, for the next? Somebody has to try. And so, what they think about me is, definitely. you know, before I leave this earth, at least I've tried. And definitely, so definitely. That's, just all, that's all we're about. So we're trying to do here at Difference World Third Eye Entertainment.
1: Definitely, and, and I commend you for that work because that takes a lot of work to do. Um, mm-hmm. Lady Bounce, you know, we were um, reading through the expert samples of the book, and um, to me, it was reminiscent of a very, very, very profound movie that came out in the mid-90s, um, White Man's Burton. Uh, White oh, Man's well, Burden. Yeah, White Man's Burden,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: um, or in a movie that was one of my favorite movies from my time, um, Watermelon Man um and and i think that um which, what's that one
2: about i never um, heard
1: that one Oh, god bless the dead mevin Villen Peebles. it was the first movie he directed um it wasn't he didn't produce the movie or put it out as up he was hired as a director um okay. it's about uh a guy that wakes up a white male that wakes up black one morning and he's uh, living mm-hmm. in suburban america in the 70s um and of course his wife was outraged. His white children were outraged. His white neighbors were outraged. Um, his co-workers that it is all white. I think he worked for an insurance company were outraged. Yeah, He did work in insurance company. Um, mm-hmm. And it was about him adjusting to now being black with his neighbors, mm-hmm. hating him, his wife, not understanding him. Um very, very, very classic movie, especially for its time. Like I said, that came out in in the early seventies. Uh, mm. Was the, one of the, Melvin Van Peebles' first pieces of work. Um, and if you haven't seen any of his work besides, yeah, I really
2: got Watermelon Man. I'm, I'm gonna go check that out. I definitely uh,
1: like it. A- the Centurion Collection just released um, a Blu-ray collection of his movies. And um, like I said, God bless the dead. He just passed away last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of lot of deep movies like that, uh, "Sweet Sweet Back Badass" song, um, which is a controversial movie. That was the first movie that he put out and directed, um, mm-hmm. and, and he he was a real thought provoking. He was always pushing the boundaries. He just like James Baldwin was one of those people that had felt like they had to leave America. Um, because of how rough it was for them, especially being artists to a degree and authors and poets and directors, and they both found their way in France, they both lived in France for years um, Melvin did come back and um, and launched a beautiful career, um, but white man's Burton was a movie in the mid 90s, which was basically showing a, a role reversal. Um, mm-hmm. more, there were more successful black people living in suburban America and and white people were the ones that went through the things that we've gone through since Middle Passage coming to America.
2: Mm-hmm. So I
1: mean, it's, it's definitely needed. That's ninety five. Oh, yeah.
2: So I, I definitely want to. That's look that over 25 years ago this isn't the first one, and I'm, I hope I won't be the last person to do something like this, but what's different about this book is that I have it, I'm also talking about the precedent times, things that's going on in our times now. So I also talk about things with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, you know, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, you know, people of that nature. And so those are all, the, you know, the deaths of unarmed Black people and the injustice that we are experiencing now in our time you know, as opposed to what was shared within the white man, burning or the watermelon man, they, they didn't talk mm-hmm. about that. And so with what if controversial paradigm shift in precedent paradigm, it talks all about, it, it goes from even mentioning Obama as well as, you know, number 45, I never acknowledge him as, you know, <laughs> president. he's just number 45. That's the most respectful thing I can say, number 45. And <laughs> so you talk about address him as well. Um, also, i can just read you guys a little excerpt as well, if, if you like. Um, so for, for instance, uh, I have one paradigm, and precedent paradigm um, called White Lives Matter. And then you'll say, this is another explicit word, but it has a question. What if in frustration of all the injustice white people face in America, they formed a movement called White Lives Matter, just like how we formed a movement Black Lives Matter. And then you see the illustrations here, saying, you know, hey, why life matter? Yeah. That's yeah, we could
1: see, yeah, dope, dope, dope. For the people that are just listening and not seeing it, it basically shows. The Role Reversal, which yeah. gives you a paradigm. Also,
2: I have a book trailer available. And so if you guys go to my website, as well as a, a sample read too. So you guys can go to my website, differentschool.net and check that out too. But um, yeah, the, the book is out now on pre-sale. But that's just, that's just a little sample of what I'm talking about in precedent Paradigm. And so that's what makes this book different as well as it's not only just meant to rub it in their faces or make the white man think, no, I'm, I'm talking to all people. Yeah. It's not just about white and black. This is for all Everybody. of us. Let's all come. together. I'm, I'm personally, you know, Vince, I'm tired. I'm tired of talking about systemic racism. Right. I'm tired of it. As a black woman, I'm tired right. of talking. Now, now about it's, it. it's time to it's, do I'm the work. In. Let's not talk about. Yeah. Now it's time. Let's talk about. Systemic yeah. Change. Yeah. Now
1: it's time to do the work for the change. <laughs> time to do the work for the change. Yeah. Now we're running out of time, but real quick before we get out of here, what is your favorite thing to do for self-care?
2: Uh, meditating, chakra healing. Um, I love doing chanting, like om, yom, lam, ram. So that helps as well as breathing technique and reading keeps the mind strong in writing, doing affirmations. Uh, that's nice. uh, getting back into my exes. I'm not going to lie with this book and, and promoting it. I fell off the the, mark, the little wagon with the working knot. And so getting back in tune, you know, physically wise, is important as well. I don't want to sit here and present you guys as something I'm not what you guys see is what you get with me and so I'm not perfect. I have my good days. I have my bad days, as well as, you know, talking with my therapist, you know, again, making sure my mental health and shit is very important to me as well, because if I don't, I can't thrive. I can't, you know, I have a nephew that I take care of, and he needs me here, and so I I have to take care of myself. That's what it is as far as, like, self-care and self-love, being able to, you know, understand and, and realize, you know, when you need recognize those signs and when you should take action so that's a part of you know self-care and self-love as well definitely. being able to recognize definitely definitely. so that's my favorite thing to do to answer your question Word those up. things it's not just so many
1: many yeah many is good many you gotta have your tools gotta have your toolbox uh now let's get into my favorite part of the show <laughs> brain science 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 <laughs> All right. So
0: so this week we're talking about uh, paradigm shifts and and the book that that we just were introduced to. I cannot wait to to read it for real. So I, it is in my cart in Amazon. Come on, payday. But anyway, so why is it important to put yourself in someone else's shoes? So the brain science behind empathy basically is what we're talking about. Have you ever been in a position where you don't know how you feel about that situation? Well, why not try to put yourself in someone else's shoes? How easy is that for us to do? Sometimes it's very hard depending on the situation, depending on where you are. So how do we do it? I'm glad you asked. Some people are able to channel their thoughts and feelings with ease, able to change how they think and feel with the snap of a finger. However, for other people, you have to really dig deep, to look deeply into their eyes and uncover their soul one piece at a time. You will learn their past, their values, what they value and their view of the world. And hopefully you will learn to accept it. That's the easy part. The hard part is using that new knowledge of someone else's mind and soul in order to begin to understand not only the person, but the way in which they see the world and thereby how they make their decisions. So to really get into their shoes, you need to try and see the world through their eyes. Start off with yourself. How do you think they would see you? What would you notice first? Your eyes, your smile, your personality, your past history? What would they look at you with, love or hate? Open your eyes as theirs. What do you think they see? Would they see the earth's flowers as a beautiful creation that's somehow divine? Or do they see them as just another organism in this world? Would they walk past you without blinking an eye or would they take the time to envelop themselves in the beauty of it all? So putting yourself into these simple situations as another person can tell you a lot about how that other person sees the world, how they react to situations, and how they think moving forward. It does differ between friends and family and strangers because you have a different level of connection with those those different people. So you need to reach inside yourself, your own mind, and try to be empathetic when you see someone else suffering, instead of thinking that they deserve that suffering, maybe think of how you would feel if you were suffering the same fate. And so that is exactly what your book is about, Miss Difference. Yes. Yes. So, real quick, before we get out of here, tell the people where to find you or where to find your book.
2: Yes, so uh, the book is available now on pre-sale uh, on Amazon and my website, differenceworld.net. I'm going to be real with you guys. If you go to Amazon, you're going to pay. It's, it's much more expensive. But um, if you go to my website, differenceworld.net, it's on pre-sale now for $20. Um, okay. And so just with that, as well as you can check us out on Facebook, have our other social media handles as well. Um, if anybody out there listening and want me to be on their show and talk about you know certain issues, definitely go to my website and book me. I'm free of charge. I don't charge a thing. But I'm um, so grateful for you guys, Lady Bounce and Pickens, for having me. Truly appreciative and everybody out there. You know, thank you guys for watching and tuning in. Uh, you know, don't forget whatever it is in life that you want to go after, you have to manifest, plan, and prepare for it, it will then come to you surely you know, different
1: world, come and learn. Word up, word up. Word up. Thanks, thank you, thank you for being a part of the show. Um, Hopefully people will cop the book. I I can't wait to check it out. Um, And once you start traveling again, you have to come up to Dayton. We have a big African-American cultural festival, which we took place part of uh, this year. And uh, they have an author's corner where they let authors come and, and, and work they work and okay. show their books to the world um that takes place in august Uh next one is going to be i think the last weekend of august of 2022 um yeah. so make sure i'm looking you to do a book that. tour
2: so definitely i can, I can yeah. hopefully if it's not willing to, just depending on how the pandemic rolls next year i'm yeah, looking right, to do a right. tour uh, starting march of 2022 up and down the east coast all the way down to south uh visiting you know 35 prospective universities in 15 states so God willing, if we're, we're if the pandemic allows, uh, we'll definitely be doing a book tour, and I, I definitely will look that up in, in Ohio for August of next year, cool. but again, thank you guys so much for having me, much, much, much appreciated thank you, God bless you guys. and
1: once again you can find us also on all social media, whether it be social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter IG, and even on TikTok, you can watch and listen to our show on YouTube, and you can listen to it on wherever you find your favorite podcast, it's your boy Pickett. Fan.
0: I'm Lady Bounce We out of
1: here. Yes. Well, have a good one
2: everybody. You too. All right.